Yo, what is up, everybody? It is your favorite Fatboy Rory coming at you with another Fatboy Takes. I know it's been a while. Been really busy with work. The busiest time for me is in December. I know it's been four months since my last pod, but I apologize. I'm going to try to get one in right now. I miss you guys. I just want to thank everybody that's been sticking around, listening to the pod. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. In this episode, I'm going to talk NBA playoffs. I'm going to talk talk about the rookie of the year, who I think is the MVP. And I'm going to talk about coach of the year, because I think that I want to talk a little bit about that, because I gave this coach props, and I'm glad he won coach of the year. So, oh yeah, and I'm a shit on Luka. Enjoy the episode. Yeah, another thing, if you hear uh, my nieces, my nieces and nephews yelling, I'm so sorry. They're like kind of walling right now, so my apologies. <laughs> uh, but yeah, here we go. So first, I want to talk about the coach of the year. Mike Brown deserves the fuck out of this award. And my last pod in December. I'll, I know that I, 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 I apologize to the Sacramento Kings because I was one of those dudes that was like, you know, when these dudes came out of the fucking arena like, yo, we're going to win like 40 fucking something games this year. I was one of them motherfuckers that was like, hell motherfucking no. So big ups to the to, to D'Arian Fox, Sabonis, to them boys for having a a winning season and making the playoffs as a fourth seed. Good job. Also, Mike Brown did an amazing job. It just looks to me that those dudes needed a coach that was going to get on their ass and make them mature. They're playing good ball. They obviously made the playoffs. I I believe they won like 47 or 48 games, which nobody expected. Everybody like literally was like, it's the Kings. They're not going to make the playoffs. And let's be real here. That was all because of Mike Brown. Mike Brown coached the shit out of these boys. He had them playing winning basketball, obviously. He won like 40-plus games. So big ups to Mike Brown. Congratulations. Well-deserved. Got to give that man his flowers. Because, yeah, I was one of them motherfuckers that was like, the Kings ain't winning 40-plus games. These motherfuckers are memeing. Joke's on me, though. Good shit, Mike Brown. Good shit, Kings. All right, so now let's get to it. Uh, let's talk about the MVP race, and then I'll talk about the Rookie of the Year. I'll talk about the Rookie of the Year second, because that, that's going to be quick. I'm just going to be real with you guys. Uh, so basically, to me, I have picked Jason Tatum to be in the top three. I picked Joe Keek, and I picked Giannis. And then I mentioned Embiid. Because at the time, Embiid was not... The Sixers were not playing well when I did the last pod. But over that, from from December to now, they got it together. And then Embiid started balling. So he jumped back into the top three. All right, so now let's let's talk about the... the. I'm going to be honest. Jason Tatum kind of fell off. Well, he didn't really fall off because he averaged like 30 a game. He averaged like 30 points for the whole season. But to me, I knew he was not going to win MVP once Jalen Brown made the All-Star game. Mind you, Jalen Brown has been playing out of his mind. So basically right now, like once I knew that Jalen was averaging 25, even though Tatum was averaging 30 and was playing good defense, I knew it was over for him. I knew he was not going to win the MVP at that point. So then that just leaves Giannis, Embiid, and and uh, Joker. So to me, I feel that any of those three dudes could have won MVP. And I'm going to tell you why. And I'm and I'm okay with the decision. Like to me, I think if any of those dude, three dudes wins, I can't be like shit. The fucking NBA is dog shit. This shit's fucking rigged. This is stupid. Like, why did this person win? Uh, 
Giannis's average is like 28 points a game and like twin boards, like six assists. And the dude plays elite defense on the other end. That's something that those other two dudes do not do. Like Embiid plays good defense, but like Giannis plays elite defense, like lockdown defense. Yes, they put 30 on his ass every now and then, but the dude plays on both ends. So that's like for me, I wouldn't be mad if he won it. Oh, for that for those simple reasons that I just named. And he, the offense runs through him. So he's super, super important. Also, now let's get into Embiid. Like, to me, it's a toss-up between Embiid and Joker. I know Embiid and Joker are like one and two, one and two. They've like been battling to see who gets that top spot. To me, currently right now, like, and, every, and all you guys fucking know, if you listen to this pod... You guys all know I'm a big-ass Joker, dude. I love Joe Keek. No Joe Keek slander will ever be tolerated on this fucking podcast. If you leave comments shitting on Embiid, I'm going to shit on you. I'm just fucking around. But yeah, I'm, I will shit on you. Fucking Joe Keek, the homie. Uh, but yeah, let's be real. Um, like I said, I don't care if any of those two dudes wins it. Because they have just been on a fucking tear. Both of those dudes... Uh, like I can see why and like Joker would have a slight edge. Joker finished number one seed in the West. Uh, he almost he almost averaged a triple double. Uh, when Russ won his MVP, he averaged a triple double. Um, so I can see like that argument. But then Embiid just his like from the All Star break on, he was just going fucking berserk. Like, and then what? He scored 30-plus in 12 of his last 18 games. He went on a crazy, crazy run. He helped the Sixers secure the third seed in the East. Um, it's not the ones he like Joker helped secure. But the thing is, with Embiid, I think Embiid, yes, Embiid has Harden, but I think Embiid had a little less. Just a little bit less. Like, Joker... Has a fucking super, a super, super solid role players. But in Joker's defense, he accounts for so much of those role players' points. Like, I've seen Joker play a couple of times, and I've seen it with my own eyes. Like, he literally tells his, his teammates where to go to get easy points. Like, I literally saw him beat play against, I mean, and be Joker, play against the fucking Clippers and literally be like, yo, Aaron, cut here, boom, pass, dunk. Here, boom, pass, dunk. And he's always getting his shooters open. He's making the right plays. So that's the thing with Embiid. I mean, Joker. Fuck. Like, I keep saying Embiid. I'm kind of tired. Sorry. But yeah, that's the thing with Joker. Like, he is the one of the big reasons his players do so well. Because he puts them in those positions. Um, and like I said, like with Embiid, I feel like like Embiid does have a little bit less. He does have James Harden, don't get me wrong. He does have Maxi. He has Harris. But the thing is, Embiid sometimes has to put that squad on his back because those dudes are struggling. It ain't like what Joker like, like that Joker gets his dudes going and he keeps him going throughout the game. Like, Embiid will literally be like, oh, man, you guys are shitting the bed. Get in the fucking backpack. Let's go. I'm going for 30-plus. I'm trying to get this dub. I'm trying to secure this dub. And he plays. he does play better defense than Joker. I will admit that. Like, Joker's not a lockdown defender yet. I don't know if he ever will be. You know, fucking Joker's a fucking slug. I love the dude, but he's not great on his feet. But his defense has improved a lot. But it's like I said, like I feel like Joel Embiid has a little bit less. Like Joker has Aaron Gordon. Jamal Murray finally starting to look good. He has MPJ. He has he has Brown. He has uh, Caldwell Pope. And so Embiid, Embiid, I hate to say it, Embiid does not have a fucking bench. Like, he ain't gonna get no help, really help from that bench. 
Yeah, he got Shake Milton, but Shake Milton's super, super inconsistent. And it's like I said, I can see why the dudes that voted voted the way they did. Because it, like I said, to me, I will not be mad if any of those three dudes win it. But let's be real, I don't think Giannis is even in the picture no more. It's just literally a two-man race. The season's over. We're just going to have to wait to see who wins. But as of right now, I will pick Embiid just for the simple fact that tear he went on was fucking nuts. And he literally was putting the Sixers on his back like to win those games. Like if he doesn't go for the 30 plus or whatever, they don't win. But like as I can see some of the games, yes, Joker did average a triple double. But like some of those games, Joker would have still like the the Nuggets would have still won. Not like the games that Embiid was like the heroes had to be like, hey, get the fuck in the backpack, like get in. I'm gonna go fucking go to work and I'm gonna get assist up. So like that's why I feel like Joel Embiid is the MVP. But like I said, if Joker gets a third straight MVP, your boy ain't gonna be mad. Your boy ain't gonna give a fuck. Like, your boy's going to be like, fuck you, let's go. Uh, so, yeah, that's my take on the on the MVP race. It's a two-man race. If Embiid wins it, great. I'm not going to be pissed about that. If Joker wins it, even better. Because I like him better than Embiid. Also, fuck the Sixers. You guys already know. Sees all day. But, yeah. But, um, it's, it's like, it's just hard. Like, if I had to vote on that, I would just take all that stuff into account. Like, obviously, their body of work is is amazing for both players. But like I said, what Embiid did, like, those last 18 games matter. Like, he, like most of those games, he had to put the squad on his back to get a dub, and he, and he did. So he literally was the most valuable player because they were winning literally because he was going for, like, 35-50. So, I'm not going to be mad if Joel wins it. Yeah, good luck to the dudes voting because that shit's going to be a pain in the ass. I'm glad I... If I got paid their salary, I would fucking gladly do it. But I'm not in their fucking... I'm not getting paid their salary. So, fuck it. Good luck to them. Fuck them. But, yeah. Here we go. Now, let's talk about the rookie of the year. The rookie of the year race was literally over since it started. Let's be honest here. We all knew it was going to be Pablo, Bancaro... The kid went off. The kid is that kid is going to be a super superstar. God forbid he suffers an injury because this kid is going to be a superstar, and I cannot wait to see him keep growing and getting better. So I really, really hope that he keeps developing his game. Cause I like, hey, it gives me a reason to watch Orlando Magic games. So that's cool with me. Cause I like Bancaro. Kid's good. Hopefully, he just gets better and better every year. All right, so now let's shit on Luca real quick. All right, because I am so sick and tired of everybody making fucking excuses for this motherfucker, dude. Don't get me wrong, Luca is a great player ever since he came into the league you know the dude's just been falling but come on it's what was the argument oh he doesn't have another star blah 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 and then dallas trades porzingis for him uh, porzingis they get him porzingis they get him a big bag i know porzingis was coming back from a torn acl but he was working himself back um when Porzingis, that rookie season, Porzingis showed a lot of promise. Like, I'm going to be honest, I, like, Porzingis looked like he was on his way to be a star in the league. And then he messed, he fucked up his ACL. And it was kind of like, oh, shit. We don't know if this dude going to recover from this fucked up ass injury or not. And he slowly was coming back. He got traded. He was doing his thing. He was averaging, like, 18. And then, like... He started he he started getting shit on by the Mavs like oh he's fucking soft he's this and this and that but let's be real here like 
when you watched him and Luca play, and this is the thing that happens when when you play with a dude like Luca. Like Luca dribbles for way too fucking long. He does not give a shit. And what players usually tend to do with a player like that, they tend to just fucking stand there and watch him. It's like, what the fuck do I do? I don't know if he's going to give me the ball or not. Because he that's just his style of playing. He had the highest usage in the league. He had, he, what, he was, what, yeah, highest usage in the league. Had the most, like, dribbles in the fucking league. So, meaning he's holding the ball for way too fucking long. And that is something that Porzingis brought up. He was like, well, what the fuck do you guys expect me to do when I'm getting the ball in the post with, like, five minutes? Or when I'm getting the ball at, at the top of the three-point line with five sec five minutes? <laughs> when I'm getting the ball with five seconds? Like, he was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Like, you think a big man is going to... It's five seconds is like, wait, it's like good? No, it's trash. You're getting the ball with five seconds. Like, you, what's he literally going to do with five seconds? Like, at least I see eight, nine, ten fucking seconds. Go to work, dude. Go do your shit. But like five, four seconds? Like, come on, that's not enough time. And I remember he literally said that to a reporter. He said, hey, what do you guys want me to do? Look how much time I'm getting... Like, I'm getting the ball with, like, four seconds. What am I going to do with four seconds in the post? Like, I have two options. I'm going to either just post up and do it. Just either shoot a... Either I'm going to do a turnaround. I'm going to do a hook. It's gonna, it's going to be a contested shot. And it's not going to be a good shot. We know this. There's, like, not enough time. So, he says that. And everybody's like, ah, nah. You just fucking suck. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. He leaves or he gets traded bye-bye then the Suns get and then the Mavs get Brunson what was the whole shit oh Luka doesn't have help and then Jaden Brunson averages 21 points a game literally putting up all-star numbers right so Brunson puts up these all-star numbers and then this is also is on Mark Cuban too. I'm going to shit on Mark Cuban too because he is to blame as well. It's not just Luke. But to me, Brunson, like, why wouldn't Luca be like, hey, man, I want to keep this dude. Like, I really want him. He didn't really petition for him. And now he's like, oh, I miss him. Motherfucker, why weren't you saying that when it came time to fucking resign him? Why weren't you, like, pushing? You're the face of the Mavericks. Dude, they're gonna do what you say. Like, like unless you, unless, cause you can be like, yo, fuck it. You don't want to do, you don't want to do these things for me. I'm fucking out of here when my contract is up. You know, they should be doing everything to keep this dude. Um, so yeah, that's a fuck up on Cuban by not going after him. But to me, that whole Kyrie trade didn't make any sense to me yes Kyrie is better than Jalen Brunson right don't get me wrong he's better than him but the thing with Jalen he would give a hundred percent effort on defense small dude but the effort was there so like I can't be mad at a dude that's just vertically challenged basically like he ain't gonna be in a he, he tried his ass off he ain't gonna be an amazing defender because he's too small but the thing with that is it's like they trade for Kyrie. They trade their best defender, their best wing defender. And the league is the league is powered is like owned by the wings now. Okay? Luca is a wing basically. And he can't defend worth the shit. The dude is like six some like six eight. And he can't defend for shit. There's literally no excuse for him to suck so bad on fucking defense still. And I'm tired of hearing you bozo fucking Mavs fans be like, but he has to carry the offense. He has to carry the offense. He just had, he had a 21 point score and a dude that averages 23 and they were still taking L's. Like that doesn't make sense. They got him a fucking all-star and he, and he, and he was worse. And, it, and then mind you, some of you dudes are going to be like, but both of them need the ball. That is not true. 
Kyrie has played off the ball. When he played with LeBron, he had to play off the ball. And he was able to play off the ball. The thing is that Luka holds the ball too much. This is how it should have been, okay? There is no reason for one of these dudes not to be open every time. These are two dudes that you have to double team to stop. You can't really guard them one-on-one. If they're cooking you, you're going to need to double them. So it was really, really weird watching watching these dudes play in those in those close games that they were losing by like two points three points it didn't make any sense because i feel like to me one of these dudes should have been open every time it's like oh if you double Kyrie, lucas should be open in a corner or or somewhere on top of the key there's just no way that they're not going to be open the problem with these two dudes, instead of moving, they would just stand there watching each other. What they were over here taking turns. Like, why the hell are they taking turns? Like that and also that's a coaching thing. But why would they be taking turns? It doesn't make any sense to me. Also, Luca enters the season fit. He's like literally. The own him and Zion are literally like the only two dudes I've ever seen that as the season goes on, they get fatter. It doesn't make any fucking sense. You think that these dudes would get skinnier and not fatter. Like, what? The fuck? How the fuck? How? How, Sway? How? Like, bruh. He's coming in like 30 pounds lighter and then he ends up like 50 pounds heavier. Like what the fuck is going on? That is on Luca right there. That is all Luca. Him sucking on defense is on him. Him being fat is on him. Him not moving the ball. I don't care if the dude averages eight assists, okay? Those assists are not those assists they're literally those those are those type of assists that he's just giving these dudes the ball because he's going to have to take a really really bad shot and he doesn't want to. Let's be real. Like Luka is a great player, but he really needs to work on his defense and he needs to stay in shape during the season. And he needs to stop fucking crying for for fouls. Same, I feel this. Like I'm going to be honest. I feel the same way about Jason Tatum. I wish they would just shut the fuck up. And play. You are going to get the whistle. You dudes are two. You're superstars in the league. Yes you might not get every call. But eventually. You're still going to get calls. So you need to chill the fuck out. And just play. So back. Back. Sorry, I got Cedric, but now back to Luca. So, so, and then I'm gonna show um and Cuban as well. Like I said, he got Kyrie, didn't do shit with Kyrie, and that trade to me didn't make any sense. Why they traded for Kyrie? If they got an undersized guard, like yes, Brunson is shorter than Kyrie, but Kyrie is a, is literally Brunson, just with better handles, like, and a better shot, just slightly better shot. Literally, they're the same fucking player. They're both undersized. Like, what the fuck was Mark Cuban thinking? And you trade your best defender? Like, what in the fuck? That, so yeah, that don't make no sense. Now back to Luca. Like, I just, I don't know. Luca's just, I don't understand this dude. Because this dude can literally be the best player in the league if he just stayed in shape. And if he just fucking played some a fucking lick of defense. And it's like, and then when he's asked about why he sucks on defense, he answers so stupid. The man literally will answer like, well, what do you expect? I have to carry the offense. Like what? That's 
cap, bro, because last year you did not have to carry the offense. You had a 21-point scorer that was playing alongside you. Like, there's no way you can even say that shit. Like, it's bullshit. Like, like I don't know. The Lucas slander in this podcast is cool. You guys can slander the fucking Luca in the comments as much as you fucking want. This motherfucker over here is all for it until he stops getting fatter during the season and starts playing defense. I don't give a fuck that this man is going 30 and 10 and fucking 8. Because this fucker is catching mad fucking L's. And another thing, there is no excuse for this dude to fucking sit out the last game of the season when you can make the playoffs. That was just stupid. Like, what? You have a chance to make the playoffs, but you're going to sit? You're not going to play? That just doesn't make any sense. That that doesn't... Like, it's just... I don't get it. And it's like, what? You're not going to fucking draft in the top five, for one. So you already know your Wombayam or whatever the fuck his name is out of the picture. Like, you're not going to draft top five unless you get super, super lucky. Might as well try to make the fucking playoffs. Um... And I don't know. Who knows? What if? And then another thing. What if Kyrie leaves? Like, Luca's gonna be stuck alone again. I feel that it's in Luca's best interest to get the fuck out of Dallas, unless Mark Cuban tells him shit behind closed doors. Like, hey, this is what I'm gonna do for you. This is the plan. Like, I know shit's not good right now. Some something has to be going on behind closed doors that Luca's. Literally not just like, yo, fuck this, I'm out. Like, because how the Mavs are handling that whole situation is just, it's it's bonehead. But Lucas is not, like, innocent here. Like I said, if he, like, you know, don't be saying you miss Jalen Brunson now. You should have been campaigning to keep the dude if you liked him. Like, I know he's an undersized guard, but you and him made the playoffs together. Like, it doesn't make sense to me, like, that you wouldn't just keep him. Then you trade everybody for Kyrie, and that shit, it's, it looks like a fucking disaster. Mind you, they only play, like, they didn't play that much together, but still. I feel like those dudes should have playing together. One of those dudes should have been open every time. But the problem was that they were just watching each other dribble the fucking blow, and they were taking fucking turns. It is what it is. Like, if you don't feel that way, that's cool. I don't fucking care, but I, that's how I feel. Um, Yeah. So, whatever. Enough about that fucking... That, uh... Cheeseburger Luca. Alright, here we go. Let's get into the playoffs now. It's gonna be the last section of the pod... Your boy's running out of fucking gas. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm tired. I worked uh, 10 hours today. But yeah, I'm still up. So I said, fuck it. I'm going to do one. But let's get into it. So let's talk about the East first. So the Eastern Conference. I'm going to talk about the one and eight seed matchups. I'm going to go in order. Um, I think I know the last playing game hasn't been played. So I will talk about the Bulls in case they play the Bucks. And I'll talk about the Heat in case they play the Bucks. To me, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm going to go with the fucking Heat tonight. I think the Heat take care of business tonight and they win this game. Um, But yeah, I'm going to just talk about the potential matchup if they play the Bulls. To me, I think the better matchup for the Bucks is the Bulls. Because they, the, the Bucks ain't got shit. Like, the, the Bulls ain't got shit, to stop be honest. We already know this. Vucevic ain't stopping shit. All right, let's just be 100% honest. Zach Levine ain't stopping shit. And DeMar DeRozan ain't stopping shit. All right, I'm. Let's just be real here. Um, so, yeah. So to me, I feel like that's an easy series for the Bucks. Regardless, it's gonna like if they play the Heat, the, it possibly goes six, but I don't see it going six. I see it just being a gentleman sweep, and I'll get into that after I speak about this. I just feel like the Bucks. <coughs> also, the Bucks literally are a top five defense. Uh. Got the be- one of the best players in the league, or you can even say the best player in the league. They have their they have Chris Middleton, they have Drew Holiday. 
they are the better team. Like they have the the better offensive weapons. Like the team's just better overall. Um, and it helps. Like I said, it helps that they have Giannis. So I like, and also it's like I said, I don't see the Bulls are are not good defensively. They rely on their offense way too much to carry them. And it's just a fucking nightmare for the for the for the for the for the Bulls. Like the Bulls literally win no matchups there. Like in the starting five or the bench in no fucking category. So it's literally like if I'm the Bucks, I want the Bulls. I think I sweep I think they sweep the Bulls if they play the Bulls. For the simple fact, like it's just a nightmare. They have literally everything that counters the Bulls. Like they really do. And now let's talk about the the Heat. To me, and also Bailey Donovan is a shitty ass fucking coach. Um, let me throw that shit out there. That's another thing about the Heat. Like yes, the Heat have been struggling, but I feel like the Heat get it done tonight. And then I feel, because the Heat, say what you will, Eric Spolstra is a good coach. Legit fucking coach. He knows how to game plan. He's proved it. And then, the to me, the Heat, yes, they've been playing shitty. But the thing with the Heat is, if Tyler Hero gets hot, Jimmy Butler gets hot, Bam Adebayo, Bam Adebayo starts defending well, they can give the Bucks trouble. Just because... Bam can somewhat kind of try to stop Giannis. He can make it a little hard for Giannis, you know. And the and the Heat have beat the Bucks in the playoffs before, so they can try to build the wall. They have the personnel to build the wall, even though it's doesn't re- it 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 works sometimes and it doesn't. They have the personnel to build the wall. They make they have the personnel to make it harder for Giannis, and also. Jimmy Butler to me is better than Chris Middleton. That's just to me. So they to me they won that matchup on paper, and then but they lose the Drew. Drew Holiday to me is better than any guard the the Bulls have. I mean the Heat have. Yeah, Tyler Hill can get hot and he can start popping off. Also, another thing is Victor Oladipo has not looked good this season. I don't know what the hell is going on. But he, everybody thought that he was, you know, his comeback season, Victor Oladipo is going to be fucking legit. He's going to, he's going to come back to his former self. He's going to start averaging, you know, that's why they signed him. Like he, they thought he was going to come back and just start being his normal self. And another thing, Laurie looks washed. Even though Laurie played great against the Bulls. Well, I mean, not against the Bulls. God, your boy's a bonehead today. Laurie played great. Against, oh my God, I'm brain farting. Fuck, Jesus. Yeah, against the Bulls. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. Uh, whatever. Uh, I just can't. I uh, can't. Against the Hawks. Fuck, I'm a, such a clown. Sorry. <laughs> Even though the Caesar played the Hawks, and I should know. Sorry, I'm not taking out that blooper. It's hilarious. Uh, but yeah. Laurie played great against the Hawks. He went for like 33 and 10. He finally looked like himself. Okay. I don't know if that carries over into this next game or maybe even carries over into the last game. Okay. Into like the into the next series. But if Laurie can start averaging like 25 points a game and you get in your 20 plus from Jimmy and then you're getting your 15, 18 from Tyler. And then you're getting like 18, 19 from from Bam with solid defense. This can be a series. Like I still pick the Bucks, but I can see the the Heat winning two games. And then Spolstra is a good coach too. So like so they they can be they can create some problems for the Bucks. They're well coached. They have a couple of good pieces. I like their pieces better than the than the Bulls. So yeah. But in all honesty, if the Bucks end up playing the Bulls, that's either a sweep or a gentleman's sweep. And if they end up playing the 
the the heat, it's either a gentleman sweep or bucks and six. Just gonna throw that out there. And now let's talk about the second round. I mean the the two and seven matchup. To me, this I'm a diehard Seas fan. You guys all know this, but to me this this will probably be. I'm gonna keep it 100. This might be the most boring series of the first round. And the reason I say that is because the Boston Celtics are a fucking nightmare for the Atlanta Hawks. They they literally the Atlanta Hawks literally don't fucking win a single fucking matchup. Like like let's just go through it. So Marcus Smart, yes, Trey Young is is better than him offensively. But Marcus Smart can lock him up. Making him work for his buckets. Therefore making him like just gonna tire this boy out. DeJounte Murray is not better than Jalen Brown. We already know this. So there's that. And then Jason Tatum. They literally that's another thing. The Atlanta Hawks are terrible defensively. They literally have nobody that can stop Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. Do not be surprised when Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown average 25. I'm going to say it. They shit with my fucking chest out when they average 25 apiece. Minimum 23. But I'm going to say they're going to average 25. I'm going to say JT is going to average like 25, 26, and Jalen Brown's going to average like 23. But do not be surprised if both of them average like 25 plus. This is a, if I'm these dudes, I'm salivating at the mouth. They have nobody that can stop them. Those two dudes. And now let's get into the power. Like Capella is not as good as Al Horford. Robert Williams is better than Capella. It's just a fucking nightmare for the Atlanta Hawks. The Celtics have the better coach. The Celtics have the better matchups in the one through five. Like I said, yes, Trey Young might be better than Marcus Smart offensively, but Marcus Smart is wet miles ahead of that of that dude defensively. So to me, I feel like the Celtics should win this series in four games. Or maybe in a gentleman sweep. Like, I'm gonna be, and also the, the Celtics have a way, way better bench. And that's like the thing that I think will make this series a 4 0. Because I feel like if one of the Jays has a bad shooting night, the Celtics are, are so good defensively. By the way, the Celtics are the only team in the league that finished, so they have the number one net rating. Top five offense, top five defense. They're the only team in the league that has those three things. <coughs> so yeah, now, now back to what I was saying. Like I just, it's a fucking nightmare for the Hawks. And like I said, I think the Boston Celtics play such good defense and their bench is so good that the Celtics can still win a game. Even if one of the Jays has a shit shooting night, the bench and the defense can literally help them win that game. Um, that's just how I feel. But if the both if both of the Jays have an off night, they're losing. There's just no way that the bench can possibly the bench can get a dub, but it's I don't see it. Um, but like I said, I know the Hawks have a chip on their shoulder because Jimmy put that chip on them boys when he was like, "Oh, easy, we're winning." We're gonna play the fucking season in the in the second in the in the first round, so I know that that uh, Trey and and Dejounte are playing with the chip on their shoulders, but like I said, I don't see this series going five. The Celtics have the better coach, the Celtics have the better one through five matchup. It's just this shit should be a cakewalk for the seas. Like I said, I'll be surprised if this series goes more than five games. I will be very surprised. To me, that's a dub for the Hawks if they can win two games. Mind you, the Celtics 3 0 them during the season, but you know, we don't really put a lot of stock into that. 
But yeah. And also, <laughs> the Celtics, what, they're like the 90, oh, I think everybody picked the Celtics to win that series. Like, literally everybody. And now let's get into the third matchup, which is the, the Sixers at number three and then the Nets at number six. Let's be real. Yes, I like the Nets. I like the pieces they got in that trade. I like Mikhail Bridges. Uh, like, he's a good player. Claxton's uh, been played out of his mind. But let's be real here. They literally have nobody to stop Joel Embiid. And the Sixers are better defensively. Joel Embiid has been on a tear. I'm pretty sure he's going to carry what he did in the regular season over. And then... Maxi's going to have to play well this series. They're going to need buckets from Maxi and Harden, which I think they get it. I just feel like the Sixers are they obviously have the best player in the series. They have the better coach. Brooklyn has a rookie coach. I just don't see Brooklyn winning this series. They don't have the they don't have the size to to match up with the Sixers like with Joel. Joel Embiid's just gonna have a field day playing against these dudes. But I can see the Brooklyn Nets winning one game. I'm gonna say this series ends in five. Sixers win the series four one. Now let's talk about the the four and five series. This series to me <coughs> has the potential to be. The best series. Yes, I like the pieces the Cavaliers have, but I'm I'm gonna pick the Cavaliers in this series. I'm gonna pick them to, to win this series four to two. I think the Knicks still two, but I don't see them beating the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers just have the better players. Like the and they they have the best player in the series, Donovan Mitchell. Yes, Jalen Brunson's playing out of his mind. But Donovan Mitchell is better than him. Way better than him. And then... Julius Randle is going to struggle in this series. Uh, he's going to have a hard time scoring on, on, on Mobley and Jared Allen. They're going to make it hard for him. It's not going to be one of those series. If he gets like 20 plus, it's going to be a hard-ass 20. Whereas I feel like the Knicks don't have anybody to stop Donovan that can stop Donovan Mitchell. Um, it just it sucks that I have to shit on the Knicks, but I just I don't see him getting it done against the against the Cavaliers. I'm I'm gonna go four one Cavaliers. Just a simple fact: the Cavaliers have the best player. They have a. Eh, it's just, uh, it just, and then I don't. The Knicks just, I don't know. I just don't think the Knicks win more than two games. I just I just don't see it. Like, the Cavaliers are just the better team overall. I guess we'll find out. Now let's talk about the... <coughs> Sorry, let's talk about the Western Conference. So the Western Conference... The last playing game gets played tonight. It's between the Timberwolves or the and the and OKC. No matter who wins that series, they're going to get murdered by Denver. I don't care what anybody says. Just look at it on paper. Denver literally it's just like the same situation with the Celtics. Denver has everything. They have the the reigning MVP. Ain't nobody stopping Joe Keek in this series. Ain't nobody stopping Jamal Murray in this series. None of those teams have any dude to match up with these dudes. Ain't nobody stopping Jamal. Ain't nobody stopping Gordon. Ain't, ain't nobody stopping this fucking freight train coming at the fucking eighth seed in this fucking series. Let's just let's just say that shit like that. Um, I just. I just do not see how this that whoever is the eighth seed wins more than one game. I think the Nuggets will lose one game, and that's it. Just everything, just better. They got the better coach, the better one through five matchup. I just don't see the eighth seed winning the game. Ah, and this brings me to the next series. This series, to me, I. 
this is a series I hope I get to watch a lot of it. I am not. Everybody knows I fucking hate the Lakers, but to me, hopefully, this to me, the Lakers Grizzly series to me is probably going to be the. I really hope it is. Like I feel like this series has the potential to go seven games. Okay. Both of the obviously the Grizzlies are the second seed. The Lakers are in a are in a heater right now. Yes, the Lakers are playing better, but. The thing with the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies have a good defense, and the Grizzlies have John Morant, Tesman Bain. The I don't see the Lakers stopping John Morant. But then on the other side, I don't see this. This series right here is going to be an AD series. AD has to be the best player for the Lakers in this series. It doesn't have to be LeBron. It has to be AD. AD does not have a single fucking excuse not to average 28 10 28 and 10 this series he literally has no one to guard him they got my boy the vienna sausage from the g league to guard this man no disrespect to the vienna sausage because he he plays hard as shit but i don't see him stopping ad but then again the grizzlies are a young team yes we all know that the playoffs it slows down but the Grizzlies can literally, if the Grizzlies can make this game a marathon, the Lake, yes, the Lakers have fresher legs now, but if the Grizzlies make this a marathon, it's going to be a hard, very, very hard series for LeBron on both ends. That's the key. The Grizzlies have to speed up the game to win this series. Speed up the game. John Morant has to play great. <coughs> Desmond Blaine has to play great. And that's another thing. Jared Jackson has been balling, and Jared Jackson is an elite defender, but I, I don't think, and honestly, I do not see Jared Jackson locking up AD. Hopefully, he proves me wrong, but I just don't see it. But to me, the most important player in this series for the Lakers is Anthony Davis, and on the other side is John Morant. John Morant literally has to go to work this series. Like, mind you, the Grizzlies do do well against the Lakers, but we're going to see. And also, another player that is the X-Factor for the Lakers, D'Angelo Russell has to be big this series. He cannot be inconsistent. He is. He needs to play huge here. It's just... And I know Reeves has been playing on playing well as well, but... You also got Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks is a good defender. Like that's the thing with the Grizz. They they they're gritty. They grind out games. If this becomes like a grind out series, the Memphis Grizzlies will win this series. The Lakers do not want to do that with the Grizz. You don't want to try to grind out games with them because you will lose. Like like I said to me that this is the AD series. Yes, LeBron will probably play great, but this is a series that depends on AD. AD cannot play mediocre. If AD plays mediocre, the Lakers are going to lose those games. <coughs> now let's get to it. Lem, I'm going to pick the winner of this series. And I'm going to pick the Grizzlies. And I'm going to pick the Grizzlies in seven. This was the hardest series for me to pick. I might be wrong at the end of it. The Grizz might win in six or the Lakers in six. But I'm hoping the series goes seven. And if it goes seven, I pick the Grizz. Just because the Grizz are play well at home. So I feel like that will help them get that dub. But the thing with the Grizz, they're inexperienced. Yes, they made the playoffs last year. But they're still very, very inexperienced. Yes, they battled with the, with the Warriors. But they're still a very inexperienced team. They're a young team. And I think that's going to factor in... Like, LeBron... Say what you will. LeBron knows how to play their mind games. He will get in them boys' heads. He'll 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 make it so he 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 makes them choke. So I I can see the Grizzlies cough choke in the series. But I think ultimately, if it goes to seven, they win it. Cause just cause they're going to be at home. And now let's talk about oh the three versus the six. 
Ah, man, I totally got it wrong. I said the the kings were like a fourth seed. The kings are actually the third seed. Okay, so the three and six, to me, this series, I'm going to, I hate, I would love to pick the kings, but I just don't see the kings beating a healthy, a healthy warrior team. And the reason I say this is because the Warriors have so much experience. I could say, yeah, they've been they've never been the sixth seed, but they've been in they've been the underdog before and they won. Last year they were the underdog in the finals, and we all know what happened. <coughs> I I know the Mike Brown is a good coach, but the, the also Mike Brown used to be a uh, Curry's assistant. So who knows? He might know how to slow down Curry. But the thing is, he's going to have to do it for a series. So I don't know if he can do that. But then again, like Sabonis, I the, the Warriors literally do not have anybody that can guard Sabonis. That's one thing that I will say. But ultimately, I'm going to go with the Warriors in six. Just because the Warriors, to me, I feel like their experience is going to get them through the series. Just... And I promise you the Warriors are going to play elite defense. All of a sudden, they're going to remember how to play defense. And then, come on, Curry's just a fucking bucket. It don't matter where that man shoots from. He's a fucking bucket. So I'm going to go in that series. I'm going to go Warriors in six. And then for the four and five, this fucking series... It's one of those series too that I have that has the potential to be an amazing series, but it all it's all gonna depend on fucking PG thirteen on pandemic P, fuck. To me, this series, like the Lakers series, the potential to be one of the one of the best first round series ever, and the reason I say that yes, the Suns have what KD, they got. They got CP3. They got Devin Booker. But that's all they got. They literally traded away their bench. And kept. And just. Built the whole team around those three dudes. Yes. Aiton. They have Aiton. But I know Aiton has been injured. And he's kind of like slowly working his way back. (laughs) To me. Also I feel like the, the Clippers. Can. If they can. If PG13 comes back. I think the Clippers. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna pick the Clippers in six. I can see the Clippers winning this series in six. The key. The key to me in this series is Kawhi taking the challenge of guarding KD. Yet last year the Celtics literally gave you the blueprint how to guard KD. You put a dude, a good defender on him. You make him take tough shots. He's gonna get tired, and then and then once he's gassed, he's gonna start breaking. He's just gonna grab the board and do what you do. KD's not a great defender. He was never a great defender, but he was a very capable defender. You gotta make him work on both ends. His defense's gonna get worse if he's working on both ends. But that's the thing with Kawhi. We don't know if him playing defense for like thirty-five plus minutes is gonna affect him on the other end. Like, that's one question that we have to wait and see. Also, Devin Booker, I feel like Devin Booker is going to get his no matter what. I don't see anybody stopping Devin Booker. But this is one of those series that if Russ can average like 18 points and like 8 assists, the Clippers, will. this series will get way, way easier for the Clippers. Because he will outplay CP3. Like, I, I really want to talk about PG, but, like, the thing is, I really do not know if he comes back this series. I can see the Clippers squeaking this this series out in seven without PG, but with PG, I can see them winning it in six. <coughs> the reason I say that, because PG can match what, what Booker puts up. Yeah, he's not going to match. Like, when Booker goes off for 40, he's not going to match that 40. But I can see him matching him, like, when, for 25... And PG is a very, very capable defender. PG ain't no scrub on defense. Yeah, I fucking roast PG with my homies and shit, Pandemic P. But PG is a capable defender. 
His offensive game is good. He just he just literally has the worst. He the last two years he has had the worst fucking luck of any fucking man. Like literally, caught COVID the playing game last year, done for the season. What like the seventh game before the season ends, he fucking gets a fucking knee sprain. Like fuck, dude. Just horrible timing for his injuries. It sucks. Uh, but now back to the match. Like I said, and then the and the thing I like about the Clippers, they have fucking shooters, man. And they have dudes that can defend. That's another thing. They got fucking Batum. They can stick Batum on fucking KD. So it's like, if I'm the Clippers, I'm Tyrone Lou. My game plan is motherfucking KD's on the floor. Kawhi's on that ass. Batum's on that ass. Every time. You give him, you give him big dudes. You throw the big dudes at him. You fucking body him. You gotta tire his ass out. If you have to, if you have to double him, you double him. Yes, that leaves fucking Devin Booker open, but whatever. You're gonna have to live with that. If you can take away KD, which is the best offensive player on that team, it just gives, it just, it just makes it so the Clippers have an even better shot of winning. And then the Clippers have Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon's still a shooter. I like that pickup. I know they have Powell. The Clippers are loaded. The Clippers have a solid, solid bench. And that's another thing. The Suns bench is literally shit now because they traded their whole bench literally just to get KD. And they traded their their shooting guard. Well, Shooting guard slash point point guard Mikhail Bridges, young young upcoming super uh, not superstar but star. So it's like fuck. What do you what do you like? That's gonna be a big factor. I can't. I don't see KD playing forty minutes every night. He. I don't think he can do it anymore. He gets gassed. And I feel like Kawhi should be rested after all that fucking load management and all that time he had off. So Kawhi need. It's like I like I said I. The key in this series is Kawhi playing fucking elite defense on KD. Yeah, but like I said, I'm going to go with Clippers this series in six or seven. And if I'm wrong, fuck it, I'm wrong. But I do think the Clippers will win this series because... And it also benefits the Clippers to let this series go longer. Like if it goes to six, Paul George will probably be back by the sixth game. Because think about it, they're playing what? A game every two nights. It gives what PG supposed to be back after three weeks. It's already been three weeks. What they're gonna play about what three games a week? If it goes to six, that'd be like, like literally he'll come back what week five. He would have rested his fucking knee for two extra weeks. He should be good to go. <laughs> Mind you, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I thought PG was done for the season. Like I was like fuck when he when when he, that shit bent, I was like fuck, GG's Clipper season done. Also, like I said, Russ is the X factor here. Kawhi's defense on KD and Russ. Like I said, if Russ can outplace CP3, this series gets so so much easier for the Clippers. I'm just gonna say that, and especially if they get PG back. This series is a fucking wrap. But this series, the first four games, if Russ can go for like 20 and 10 and 6, this series, I promise you, will go minimum 6 or 7. And I'm going to pick the Clippers. Like, I'm picking the Clippers here. And if you know me, I roast these fucking selfie-hanging banner bozos up every chance I get in the group chat. So yeah, I'm going with the Clippers in six or seven. All right, yo, I'm tired as fuck. It is time for bedtime. I hope you guys enjoy the pod. I just want to thank everybody that's been listening to my old pods. I was checking out the stats the other day. I checked them. I check them randomly every now and then, and I saw that I had 120 downloads. So thank you to the 120 people that that listened to that pod. It gave me a little motivation to get on one and do one today. So I appreciate y'all. You guys are the real MVP. Um, don't forget, if you like the content, follow me on Podbean or follow me on whatever you you listen to me on. I'd really appreciate it. 
Also, you guys can comment any questions you have on Podbean. Uh, I usually reply. So if you guys want to talk to me or ask me anything, feel free. You guys have a good day. Also, my my uh, Twitter for the pod is at FatboyTakes. Uh, also, yeah, the pod's on Spotify, Apple, Pandora. Yeah, you guys have a great day. Have a good weekend. Peace.